Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. Go ahead and get this turned down. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy A Double, and you're now tuned into episode 162 of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. Uh, sorry for the wait. I mean, it's been like been what about two weeks since I dropped an episode. Um, a couple weeks ago, I was supposed to do an episode of Champagne Sharks. Um, that didn't work out, and I was gonna have that be our weekly episode, and then we rescheduled for last week. Um, I had to record that, so I used that time to actually knock out that episode uh, with um, the brother T um, and the gang over there and the sister um, Aki, Doc Ock. And there was another brother uh, named Adam who's a teacher's assistant. And we kind of talked about uh, what the fuck did we talk about? We talked about, you know, uh, social media and things online crossing over to the real world um, just because you know a lot of us can remember you know the world before the internet was such a staple in uh, our lives especially here in america so now we're just talking about how it's crossing over into real life um so that episode should be up soon once they get uh once them sharks get that edited and uh, as soon as it happens uh i will let y'all know and i will link y'all to that episode so that's what i ended up doing and i should have snuck in a little mini episode of do rags and bow shoes um just when i get the chance i think i might start doing that uh pretty soon just making like little mini episodes like doing like one little segment you know if something is real hot and i need to talk about it you know i might i probably could knock it out before or after working you know i'm pretty swift with the editing um with my editing skills and i can get that posted up real quick uh for y'all out there so i think i'm gonna start uh doing that if there's something like a big topic that hits um i already got that written down but uh we are up on spotify do rags and boat shoes is finally up on spotify and uh it's been a long time coming because i submitted the application uh for this was even before uh they made it so easy uh this was when they first announced uh they were going to start doing podcasts like right when um joe button did his uh his podcast deal with spotify i think that was around what was that last year or something like that and then they started taking submissions for a, a, a podcast channel i submitted mine never got anything back kept emailing them and shit like that and then uh, what was it last month back in august uh i submitted it and i had to create an account and everything like that went ahead and submitted it and lo and behold it is up there so happy september to y'all so we are up on itunes um soundcloud stitcher and spotify 
And then there's some other podcast websites that we're up on also that uh, generate some streams and things like that. So now it's definitely time with these numbers doing what they do. Like I'm doing between like 100 and 400 listens per episode. Well, not listens, but downloads. I don't even know how streams work. But uh, that's what my pod tracker is telling me. Every episode is getting like 100 to 400 downloads. Um, so I will be having some guests popping up in September and then uh, in this month. And I will also, you know, start doing those mini episodes. So let's go ahead and get started on that summer damn jam screen. Um, why y'all do Keith Sweat like that? <laughs> y'all, y'all heard of my plate that clip at the beginning of uh of the brother keith sweat he was here in omaha and um yeah why y'all do that brother like that let me let me let me go ahead and uh pull up my notes real quick i don't know why y'all did that brother like that uh so there was a rhythms a rhythm blues and arts festival uh 2019 that happened down at the lewis and clark landing uh, so we have this walk bridge for folks who ain't familiar with Omaha with Black Omaha. So uh, we have this walk bridge, like we have a river that splits us in Iowa, you know, uh, Omaha and Council Bluffs, and there's a walk bridge, uh, the the Cary Pedestrian Bridge that uh, you can walk literally over the Council Bluffs, like walk over the river. Real, it's a beautiful bridge, very beautiful. I think I talked about it a couple episodes ago. There was a brother who saved a woman talked her down from committing suicide off of that like the news should have did a bigger story on that brother but you know how the media is with us uh, especially black men um they hate to show us in a positive light so the r&b uh the rhythm and blues and arts fest um last year they had big daddy kane here and there wasn't no issues there and it, it was barely anybody there last year but this year they stepped it up they had eu um misha lay and uh or let me god damn it hold on sorry they had got that shit playing um and so they have uh you know and keith sweat was the headliner and uh, and, and i just loved seeing uh <laughs> just some of these these comments uh so the brother was supposed to come on i think from what like 10 to 11 30 or something like that he didn't come on until midnight uh people were saying that the dj was horrible uh they tried to have some food trucks there but it was really wasn't no variety like all the food trucks were like soul food trucks and i ain't hating on that but they were talking about the uh the drinks were very warm so like there was some liquor stands there some liquor setup and the drinks was warm and uh they said the dj i think already said this was terrible but i'm gonna start reading some of these goddamn reviews and y'all already heard key sweat didn't get paid i don't know if that brother got paid i'm gonna i'm gonna hit him up on instagram and see if he got some got some ducats or something like that but uh it said the event here's some of these reviews it said <laughs> the event was the worst music festival i've ever attended the amount of time we were forced to wait all the unnecessary rambling by the host and the absolute awful dj in between sets i will not attend another one here in this city at all i'd rather continue giving my money to the kc promoters gain some business knowledge and etiquette because this was the worst and i've attended plenty in the last 20 years uh this other woman said horrible experience artists didn't show on time because they didn't get paid whole schedules off music wasn't that good uh let's see here this was a mess the music started hours late one of the performers didn't show and keith was so late and rushed no security no direction and they kept running out of beverages one of the djs was horrible he just kept yelling at people in the crowd too much money spent on a vip ticket for nothing uh let's see here was not worth the money not enough bathrooms not enough uh people uh serving drinks and worst of all the schedule was so far behind and keith sweat didn't hit the stage till almost midnight because of payment issues five thousand people there to see him should have should have been no issues uh horrible 
Music started four hours late, musicians not getting paid, no security, police officers laughing and carrying on with women instead of stopping fights. I will never ever support this charade again. Dude on the mic wouldn't shut up or introduce people right. Oh, blame me, blame me on how about you shut up with an embarrassment for Omaha and a joke. So completely disorganized all over the place, drinks, bar, seating, security, down to the actual show. Really too bad because this could have been a great night and show. Luckily, we still made ourselves a great night. Uh, let's see here. This one woman says she's going to be filling out a uh, filing with her credit card company as a fraudulent charge as nothing I paid for was received. I respect that. <laughs> a lot of broke niggas be doing that too like with their debit cards if they go out of town and they spend a whole bunch of money that they shouldn't be spending like they rent money or some shit then they get back in town and like yo i got all these charges i've never made these charges blah 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 you know most banks you know since the financial disaster back in uh what was that 0809 you know most of these banks got bailed out they just go with it they're just like okay we'll wipe these 300 dollar uh charges at, at the atm at sue's rendezvous you know off and all this other shit um so yeah uh i i don't know why y'all did keith sweat like that like this is the hot topic just pretty much people been talking about this the past couple of days uh the event happened sunday night and i just oh man and then i had i came across that video of keith talking about shit about to hit the fan and everything but these promoters they really have to get their shit together you you cannot you have to stop shortchanging black people like you really have to stop doing that shit you know now if this was a venue where somebody like fleetwood mac was coming and it was some kind of you know america first fest or some shit like that i guarantee these same promoters would have their shit together they would but since it's black folks you know we like to you know nickel and dime and bullshit our people you know and do some old janky bullshit but black folks showed up in droves you know expecting a great show one day they were in the age of empowerment everybody is on their black empowerment wave you know what i'm saying especially with this whole ados thing and stuff like that and just empowering each other especially since we got uh the cheeto in chief in office and here you come being some old janky ass promoter you know what i'm saying being on some bullshit like that and that's tough boy that is really tough and disrespectful it is it's and it's disgusting too like you out here been promoting this show since the damn summer and then here you are out here acting a plum fucking fool that's it that don't make no damn sense acting a plum fool and you ain't even paid this man this man was well, he said he'd been there all damn day sitting waiting on his money and here it is rolling out damn near midnight the day of and you ain't paid this man and i think they were probably banking on pre-sales that's probably what they probably was banking on right there recouping the money you know or the artist money through pre-sales or whatever like that most folks most black folks you know they if they don't know the promotion company they ain't gonna buy no purchase no ticket until the day of you know what i'm saying that's why you need to pay that artist first pay that artist first or at least half of their money up front and then the second half when they show up to the venue right before you know at the beginning when y'all setting up and shit like that then you go ahead and you know run that man his money we already know keith sweat has some tax issues from last year remember they was running all them stories about keith sweat still owing taxes from 2014 now that man needs his money that man came to Omaha, Nebraska to go ahead and tell you about nobody. All right. And y'all up here bullshitting. Run that man his coins. And you just give the city, you just give black Omaha, you know, a bad name. It's just, you know, he going, Keith probably just going to be out here telling everybody. He probably going to be out here telling Johnny Gill not to come here next year. I don't know if Johnny Gill's coming, but you know, it's gonna be it's it it sets a precedent that we just do dusty shit no more. And that's a goddamn shame. I should have had your ass on holding this L. But let's see what else is uh happening on that good old summer damn jam screen. So in the two weeks that I was off, wasn't off, but um that we've done the show, that I've done the show, 
uh, LA Times ran an article about black folks not wanting reparations. Like, what the fuck is that about? Um, and I'm talking about like as far as cutting a check. Let me go ahead and close these windows out so this music can stop playing and shit like that. Um, so there was a whole LA Times article. Um, God damn, who the fuck is this? Nope. Nope. Uh, so it says slavery's descendants say a reparations check won't make the pain go away. Now, I knew this was all about some healing and just acknowledge the pain bullshit before I even started reading it. And uh, it's just, you know, we don't want to check. Like, are you fucking serious? Like some of these people in here was talking about they want tax relief and the government to educate the children so they can be engineers and builders like their ancestors were. I'm, you know, what? Like they asked somebody, a man about uh, the area he lived in, I guess it was some black homeowners and there's new developments going up and they need some property tax relief uh, because of the rising rates, you know, because uh, new developments is going up. So property values are going up. So you got to pay more in property taxes. And I'm just thinking to my goddamn self, you do know a check would solve both of them issues, right? As far as them babies going to school, being educated, being engineers and builders. With the money that you get, you could start a college fund for them little ones and your family. You see what I'm saying? Uh, that property tax relief, you know, you can make some additions to your home. You can pay off your property taxes. I mean, that money solves those issues. You see what I'm saying? That's it's just fucking goofy. And um, I was listening to Les Brown, the uh, motivational speaker, the influencer. He used to be a didn't he used to be a senator or something like that. He used to be a, or a legislator. Um, he had a speech and he briefly touched on people being scared of money. And that's what we have here. You know, folks will say money is the root of all evil. And some of them folks in the article, some of disrespectful to our ancestors for the government to cut a check and move on. So we have to, you know, let's kind of unpack the money is the root of evil thing. You know, um, not having money or means to live, that's evil in itself, right? It will cause you to do evil things. If you out here, you ain't got no job, you ain't got no roof over your head, you doing strange shit, you know, to sleep in different places or to get some money, you know what I'm saying? You might be out here, you know, selling that fruit cocktail, meaning selling your body, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you got some old trick, you know what I'm saying, that's taking care of you and you don't want to, you know, do something strange for a piece of change, but, you know, you couple behind, a couple months behind on your rent and you about to, you know, be evicted or some shit like that. Or you out here, um, you know, slanging, slanging dope or some shit like that. Or you flipping pills or some bullshit like that. Or you develop a nasty habit. You know, you come addicted to some shit just so you can stop dealing with life. You know what I'm saying? Not having money. That's evil. That's evil. And there's a brother named Reverend Ike um, who used to do uh, these seminars back in the late sixties, early seventies, you know, about changing your relationship with God and money and abundance. Right. And he said, this is a, you know, loose quote. He said, you can praise God a lot easier, you know, in a new home, a new car and having money doesn't change your relationship with God. It strengthens it because you are proof that prayers can be answered. And then he told he was talking about um, abundance and money and he was using different Bible scriptures. I, I listen to a lot of motivational things um, on my way to work or on my route if I'm not listening to a book. So, I, you know, I listen to all these different, you know, reverends, motivational speakers, a lot of brothers and sisters. Uh, Lisa Nichols, like I said, she's a major key. She's amazing. Um, her book Abundance Now is an amazing book And y'all should all pick that up But I don't know if y'all into that shit like me I love hearing that type of shit Like uh, the brother E.T. Eric Thomas Who be talking that shit Like he's a motivational speaker And he speaks to you know all these athletes You know from the NFL, the NBA um, You know just be all over traveling You know doing you know just He's just talking that shit I'd be like yeah I had that battery in my back I'm like yeah I'm gonna get this money You know but um, 
you know, he was talking about Reverend Ike. So I came across him because, you know, YouTube kind of links different people like along the same lines. And I came across Reverend Ike and he was talking about uh, this lady. You know, he was he got done preaching about money and abundance and how we need to stop bullshitting God. Now, I'm not saying he didn't say bullshit, but, you know, stop telling lies to God when we pray. He said, when you pray, you need to pray for exactly what you want. You know what I'm saying? Don't, you know, don't be out here pity patting and bullshitting because once you say exactly what you want to God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, it'll come to you. You have to open up to it. And he said one lady took that advice and was like, God, I know you got some money for me and I need that money. So I need you to bring me that money right now. And I just thought that was the funniest shit to to me. And uh, it is just that's direct. You not bullshitting God. You telling the universe or you know the, whatever's up there. You know whatever you believe. I ain't trying to be all religious and all this other shit on you. But whatever you believe and you 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 manifest it that way. That's that's all a prayer is. Is you you know manifesting something. You know you sending some positive energy out to the universe and it's about to come back to you tenfold. And he also says that. You know, you have to help people to receive your blessings. And that's the truth. That is the God's honest truth. Um, so I just want y'all to kind of take that. You know, that's just a little nugget. I'm just throwing in there. But back to this article, um, you know, about being afraid of money. And then as far as talking about it's disrespectful to cut a check for the work our ancestors did. You know, it was more disrespectful for them to work for free and to be treated like cattle you know the government if we keep continuing down this path and the mainstream media keeps on printing out these articles and shit like that about how we don't need a check cut to us and all this other shit meaning foundational black americans ados ados um you know what you know what's in end up going to happen with that what was that hr 40 or whatever that bill they brought out um to actually discuss or study reparations and they brought that half um uh, Cuban or Puerto Rican guy or whatever he was from the islands and nobody knew who the fuck he was and he talking about black folks didn't need reparations at all you know it was just like who is this bought and paid for negro that they kind of wheeled out there you know that nobody knew like i understood Tanahasi Coates being up there because he wrote that amazing article you know about um the need for reparations or the case for reparations i didn't know why Danny Glover was there um, and I didn't know why that other guy who was speaking against reparations was there at all. But if we continue down this path, you know what the government is going to do. They will get some bought and paid for Negroes to come out and stand next to whomever is president at the time. And a formal apology will be said and some money will be donated to like HBCUs and black organizations that use up all of that money to, and I quote, educate and convey a message you know what i'm saying you just see all these organizations getting these mu this money and you're like well what exactly did you do oh well, we spent it all you know educating and doing this while really the higher ups in that organization you know the pocket you know three four hundred thousand dollars of that money for their so-called salary and expenses right so um i don't know man it's it's tough it's tough but it just sounds like to me in this article, you know, niggas need therapy. That's what it sounds like. Um, Shaharazad Ali said something interesting, and I think it was in the first Hidden Colors. And she was talking about black people still haven't been debriefed, meaning they hadn't been, we hadn't been told that we're free. Nobody told us we're free, so we still have that, you know, some of us have that mentality that we're stuck on a plantation. And y'all do know if the government cuts you a check, you can go to therapy and, you know, hash out all that trauma. You know what I'm saying? And I saw something very interesting speaking of trauma. Um, uh, the homegirl, uh, so sassy, posted, reposted this. This was from Facebook. And let me see if I can pull this up. Uh, let's see here. Um, let me see if I can find that article real quick. Y'all bear with me here. I think I posted it in a Slack group. Yeah, let me pull it up. So this this lady said, um, there's a whole subset generation of black folks who have psychological, emotional, and spiritual trauma from growing up in predominantly white neighborhoods, the legacy of integration. 
you know their parents thought they were moving up by settling down in a nice area but the children had to grow up not seeing regular reflections of themselves as well as suffer through racism and microaggressions from adults and their peers outside of their parents all of their authority figures were white i've met so many black women who have told me how ugly they thought they were growing up why because they were immersed in white beauty ideals in their day-to-day -day lives they were the black friend their very existence was in uh antithesis to what had to what was held up as desirable uh, imagine having that seed planted in your mind and heart at age three the parents don't really understand what their kids are going through because they themselves grew up in all black environments also some parents see any critique on how they raise them as being ungrateful which is true um she said i usually see people who have suffered this trauma follow two paths one they stick to environments where they are in the minority suppress the pain and cultural isolation that um that they have suffered and lament the fact uh that they don't fit in with other black people that's true there's a lot of coons like that steeped in uh, anti-blackness because it justifies their belief system and self-imposed alienation uh number two this is what we're seeing now with these blavity blacks and these uh these uh blue ticks you know these blue check negroes they run towards blackness as young adults and sometimes becomes the ones shouting their identity the loudest sometimes they can become overzealous pendulum swinging all the way to the other side many will choose to move to predominantly black areas or go to an hbcu because being in community is healing and she ends with saying it really hurts to see adults walking around with these scars from childhood. Time absolutely does not heal all wounds. The pain stays unless we actively engage in healing practices. And that's some of the realest shit right there. That's some of the realest shit. And so, uh, yeah, so cutting a check, going back, cutting a check, that would help with therapy. It would. It would. And um, as far as, like I said, with the um, Shahrazad Ali situation, you know, people were mentally stuck on the plantation. You know, you can get some therapy and hash out that trauma, you know, or maybe that can be written into the reparations bills that becomes law. You know, um, some therapy to a lot of black folks out there, because I know a few black folks who you know are raising their kids right now my age who are raising their kids in like white flight areas and that scares me it, it scares me because then kids is gonna grow up without any you know really sense of belonging and being the only black friend that's a, that's a hard pill to swallow and you know they're gonna grow up to be one or two things a coon or blavity black you know you see so many black folks who just discovered their blackness you know at age you know 20 21 22 23 24 you know in their early 20s and it just they just become a caricature so to speak of black culture you know this that i think that's one of the reasons why cardi b is so goddamn popular remember her meteoric rise it was them blavity black supporting and like yes like scam these niggas and do all this kind of dusty shit that is is supposed to be part of black culture even though cardi is what what is she puerto rican or some shit like that i don't know what she is dominican i don't, I don't know what she is but um so i think that's why we have situations like that and there then we have you look at that show a black lady sketch show a lot of that is you can tell this it's kind of flat black comedy you know what i'm saying it just feels like it ain't made for black folks who grew up in black areas and have a majority black family you know what i'm saying it, it feels like it's made for black people who are the other that minority in the group the black friend or that person is trying to discover their blackness in college you know what i'm saying by going to a hbcu but going back to this damn article and talking about um this whole being scared of money thing I always think about that story you know i think it was dj quick um told about an act that he uh signed and he brought to a record label and it's about the the record label is about to shell out you know a million or two for the group and the group members got scared and ran from the deal saying it was evil you know what i'm saying i think a lot of us specifically black folks have to you know be stop being scared of money 
and um, you know change your relationship with money and uh, currency it's an energy you know abundance wealth is a whole energy it's a vibe you know paper money can go away you know right now we're living in that age of digitized money you know what i'm saying changing hands in the app and you know using our debit cards more than before you know we're just swiping and inserting or tapping it on a machine but you know paper money can go away but you know that that wealth you know um money it's a, it's an energy it's an energy i really can't describe it but it's just it's just bringing abundance towards you and we need to kind of change our relationship so many people walk around here saying i'm broke i am broke i ain't got no money you know shit like that and when you speak those i am statements the universe opens up and just be like okay are you broke you know and it's a mentality that you have to change you know what i'm saying but on the other hand people could couldn't might not even be scared of money you know what i'm saying it couldn't it might not even be that it could be that some of these folks are scared and offend uh, scared of offending their white friends their co-workers and whites in general you know that check gets cut and they fear that white america will not want shit to do with them like okay nigger you got your check leave me the fuck alone you know what i'm saying and if a white person gets mad or angry that uh you got a check for rep uh, reparations check and it's not just for slavery that's what i hate that's what i hate that the conversation always gears towards racism i mean not racism but geared towards slavery we never talk about the redlining the unfair banking practices um the homestead act um we don't talk about mass incarceration uh, you know those so-called three strike laws we don't talk about any of that when it comes to reparations because most of this shit is still is still happening to this day but anyways let's see what else is going on uh, last week i saw this video on facebook and it was home security footage of a brother who disarmed his security system on his house uh, because a friend tripped the alarm the silent alarm or something and he turned it off and it was i guess it was late at night or early in the morning the brother went back to bed next thing he know you know uh, a cop was in his house with his gun drawn so the brother comes downstairs with his gun it could have ended a lot worse uh but the brother you know was in his drawers with his pistol and everything was caught on his home his surveillance camera in his uh entryway at his house and you know the cop was telling him you know you know turn around drop the gun and all this other shit you know typical uh cop shit and this was this man's house that's what was fucked up and that's one of my biggest fears you know like my alarm goes off and gets tripped and my black ass is blasted away or thrown in cuffs at my home you know what i'm saying if somebody trips my alarm or some shit and i come downstairs ready to whoop some ass or light somebody up you know and i get blown away by the cops you know what i'm saying because they don't think that i you know live in this house um but anyways i hope this brother sues and gets paid because what was fucked up is after they cuffed after this one cop cuffed him the first responding cop cuffed him then the backup came and they searched this man's whole house ain't asking for id or nothing swept his whole house trying to find some kind of criminal activity thinking that he broke in you know what i'm saying and they sit they searched his whole house while this brother was sitting outside in the early morning uh in his drawers on his porch handcuffed you know how fucked up that is now seeing me um watch now i was watching the video the brother was explaining and complaining and whining and i think that just irritated the cops more you know and every every situation i've had with police i've always you know just state the facts i don't get emotional you know if i was in this situation and i still had my life you know they didn't blow me away you know i think for me i uh, you know i would have told the cop i own this house my wallet with my id is in the drawer and then just shut the fuck up you know what i'm saying and that's it that's that's what i would do i don't argue with no cops you know because they just need any reason to blow you the fuck away and won't nothing no criminal charges be 
uh, you know, thrown against them or held against them. Only thing that might happen, they might be suspended for a little bit. But then when they come back on the job because internal affairs didn't find anything wrong with the killing, it was justified, then they'll get that back pay. So they'll be inconvenienced for maybe a month or so. You know what I'm saying? So um, just remain calm. Like, I hated seeing that brother just whining and complaining. Like, what do I do? You know, it's my house and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, just just explaining. And it's just like, they don't give a fuck. They just need a reason. You know what I'm saying? They don't. They just need a reason to blow you away or, you know, do some dirtball shit to your black ass. But... Let's see how long I've been talking on this goddamn Summer Jam screen. Oh, shit. We've been going on for almost 35 minutes. So, I'm going to leave it to my nigga Hove. Hove is looking goddamn funny in the light. Uh, black society is turning their backs on my man Hove. Uh, I still have him working for me. You know, just in case them billions run out. Uh, because I don't know what this Negro is doing. Uh, running around here with this NFL shit and then that old clip surfaced to him trying to blame uh, you know fucked up police uh, interactions with black people on the father not being in the goddamn home and I'm like hove like black folks live in a goddamn police state like it's because of racism white supremacy it ain't about your daddy not being in the home bruh but still do your goddamn job hove don't be the next get tested on that summer jam screen. I smoke rocks. I smoke rocks. All right, thank you so much, Tyrone Biggums, for that lovely intro of Selling Hope Like Dope. All right, Selling Hope Like Dope, we have to give it to these white Christians out here who are hiding their racism behind Christianity. When we all know that racism, white supremacy, is their religion. That is the religion of white supremacy. That is it. That is it. Um, so uh, more evidence of this and I think I broke this down a while ago with um, when I was talking about uh, you know maybe 30 episodes ago talking about patriotism you know racism disguises patriotism and the same thing is happening with uh, religious beliefs um, excuse me a little heartburn going on here because I'm speaking that truth is burning my throat <laughs> But anyways, uh, so there was a Minnesota, uh, no, not Minnesota, I ain't gonna put that on Minnesota, Mississippi, Mississippi, this is where my people migrated from, um, out of the Jim Crow South, uh, a Mississippi wedding venue uh, rejected an interracial couple citing Christian beliefs, alright, so this, uh, so there was a brother and his bride-to-be, which is white, they were trying to uh, book Boone's Camp Event Hall. And they didn't do it because, uh, you know, because it's an interracial couple, right? So Mississippi actually has that House Bill, what was it, 1523, that actually became law, which is basically an act that, uh, and I quote, it's protecting freedom of conscience from government discrimination act. All right. So this is a, a law that actually gives businesses the right to discriminate against people um, who are gay, you know, or uh, part of the LGBTQIA group. And that's pretty much what it is in uh, premarital sex. That's what it dis allows people to discriminate against. Right. Doesn't say anything about race. So basically the uh the sister of the groom uh she went to the hall on saturday to try to get an explanation of why they wouldn't you know host the wedding there and this woman kept it all the way 100 well no she didn't she kept it about 50 percent. you know what i'm saying so she said we don't do gay weddings or mixed race because of our christian race I mean our Christian belief, right? So I don't know anywhere in the Bible that I've read that it says anything about, you know, uh, race mixing is wrong, immoral, and all this other shit. Uh, I don't know where it says that, at, but maybe the white folk got a different version of the, of the Bible than I know. Um, because some of these white Christians, they're very forgiving of the Cheeto in chief. Um, 
saying he was anointed by God and this man has all kind of rape allegations against him and uh, some mo shit. You know what I'm saying? This this man does not walk that Christian path, but somehow white evangelicals co-sign him and their congregations do. But this woman, she slipped up and said because of our Christian race. So this just lets me know that she believes that the white race is, you know, the holiest of races, right? So that's just what it boils down to. And their religion is not Christianity, it's white supremacy. This woman had a Freudian slip, you know, when you uh, say one thing, you mean the other, right? Well, or when you slip up and tell the truth, that's what it is. That's what it is. She just slipped up and told the goddamn truth. And so, uh, and then when the sister of the groom kept pressing her and she just kept on saying that she didn't want to go into it anymore, she didn't want to explain her religion because she was going to have to explain white supremacy. That's it. That's it. That was that woman's religion. And you know how I said back on the Summer Jam screen how that brother Reverend Ike uses Bible verses to talk about you know prosperity and abundance and money and things like that you know in these white churches the only thing that they're preaching is white supremacy that is it i don't know if it was brother malcolm or martin who was talking about the most segregated uh day of the week or time in america is uh is a sunday at noon you know what when black churches and white churches and that's what it is right and um i got this in selling hope like dope because I need for black folks to take down them pictures of white Jesus that some of y'all got. Some of these rappers is running around here with a, a white Jesus on a chain. You know, the, 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 the charm on their chain is a white Jesus, you know. Just stop. Just take that shit down because that is their symbol of white supremacy. White Jesus is nothing but a symbol of white supremacy. That's, that is it. That's that's what i'm saying just take it down if and then if y'all y'all grandmama or your grandpa got this big ass picture of white jesus in his house next thanksgiving or you pop up over their house on their birthday or somewhere just to visit your folks take that shit off the wall and put up with black jesus just do that um there's always a meme that floats around and it floats around every few months and it shows like buddha uh ganesh um and Jesus and two white Jesuses and it shows the kids according to it you know like a little Asian kid a little Indian kid a white kid and a black kid and it just talks about uh, my God looks like me right and we out here worshiping white Jesus uh, what is that the Christ the Redeemer is down there in what's that Brazil or whatever down there in South America that big ass statue and then who is that is it Uganda or Nigeria um, they got that big ass white statue of Jesus as a white man down there. And it's just like, yo, what the fuck? Right. So when you see something like that, it naturally colonizes your mind to look at white men as, you know, gods and the white women as, you know, the so-called Mary. You know what I'm saying? Like Jesus's mama. You know what I'm saying? So these folks are practicing white supremacy uh in all areas of activity like uh the brother nilly fuller said so i just want black folks to just stop some of y'all out here got tattoos of white jesus on you some of y'all got tattoos of white jesus for you and i'm not going to tell you to stop reading the bible because i actually got a bible verse tatted on the inside of my forearm that helped me when i was out in these streets out here ripping and running and you know just just trying to survive when i was out here surviving i'll say that so i got that psalm 27 1 inside inside in my forearm on a ribbon on a tattered scroll on my uh forearm so i'm not going to tell you to stop reading the bible because there are some amazing verses in there that will help you get through you know get through the day um deal with events in life and things of that sort as all religions do right and um but just just get that image of white Jesus about your head. Just get it up out of there. And if you go to a church that got white Jesus on there, well, that church practices white supremacy with a black preacher. You need to get the fuck on up out of there, all right? So that's been selling hope like damn dope, all right? White Jesus is poison, like Nas said.
This portion of Do Rags and Boat Shoes has been brought to you by the letter L, as in, Hey, yo, my guy, my hands are full. Give me a hand here. Can you hold this L? All right, so moving on to holding this L, we have to give it to five individuals who were down there in Houston uh, who went to a Popeye's chicken restaurant and tried to rob them for chicken sandwiches. Now, we know all about the chicken craze and the chicken wars between Popeye's and Chick-fil-A and Wendy's and all this other shit. Um, I just want to know what were these fools thinking to go up in a spot and try to strong arm rob uh, a Popeyes. I think they had the burner on her because it was a robbery. And luckily, the employee was able to lock the doors before they came up in the spot. So I guess they had the pistols out or something. And, and I guess they showed up in two different vehicles and one of the vehicles had a small child inside of it. Now, you telling me you about to risk your freedom and jeopardize a child's life for a fried piece of chicken breast now really listen to this a fried piece of chicken breast you up here don't want no money you ain't trying to you know open the cash register or the safe you want some chicken sandwiches and then you have the audacity to have a child in the car with you. You know how crazy you gotta be? I don't give a fuck about the internet hype. You pulled the burner out and you got four other adults with you. Maybe all of them were strapped. But what are you sitting up and thinking? And you know these niggas is late too because they said last week that they sold out of the chicken sandwich. They sold out of all the, the chicken breast patties. Okay, them patties was supposed to last up until September, but you seen them lines of 40, 50 people in line for a fucking chicken sandwich, and these Popeye's employees looking like they about to rip their own eyeballs out and cut off their own hands because they was working, you know, 12-hour shifts nonstop, frying up chicken breasts, chicken fillets. You know what I'm saying? One man said that he was he worked an 11 hour shift and all he did was smear that spicy mayonnaise and put pickles on buns. That's all he did. That's all he did for 11 hours. You know how fucked up that is. But what's amazing to me, besides these niggas trying to rob a Chick-fil-A, I mean, not a Chick-fil-A, but a, 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 a goddamn Popeye's chicken for chicken breast a chicken breast sandwich a fried chicken breast and i have to keep on saying that because i don't think y'all y'all hear me out there a fried chicken breast <laughs> somebody really was about to pull the burner out for a fried chicken breast you know how fucked up in the game you are and you late that's what's crazy you know, these, was these niggas like sitting in county or something? Or they ain't got no internet access? Or these must be niggas who sit up on Facebook all day. You know what I'm saying? Maybe wake up, you know, two and three in the afternoon. I don't, and I'm saying niggas in general, cause you know, I call everybody a nigga, no matter your, your shade of color. So I'm like, is you that lost in the sauce? Are you just sitting up playing your Xbox One all day? And you're like, I want a chicken sandwich. And he's like, oh man, they done sold out. Well, not at this location. Oh, that's what I heard. You know, it's just goofy shit like that. But how you, you know, it's always some niggas late in the game. Always. And it never ceases to amaze me. I always get a message or an email for the podcast of some nigga that's just late. Just late as all get out. It'll be somebody, you know, they'll send me a message. It just be old as hell just be some old shit you know what i'm saying it'll be an article from fucking 2016 2017 it'll be some shit like man you see this about the keystone pipeline that's fucked up what they doing out there and i'm just like nigga have you been in jail like the past couple years like where have you been you don't look at the news you don't even check out you know any of the notifications you get you ain't got no news apps on your phone you don't look at twitter like you don't even turn on your tv like how are you out here this damn lost it just be some old shit people be hitting me up about old shit just some old 
old, old bullshit. It just be old. It's like just disgustingly old. It'd be like, man, did you know? Why don't you talk about Drake and Meek Mill making up? You know, it's just shit like that. And I'm just like, yo, like, is this who listening to my show? <laughs> but I also want to touch on with this whole Popeye situation, not just them robbing uh the goddamn that's just silly as all get out doing some shit like that and um you know i'm glad when nobody hurt and i know the cops are looking for those five individuals hopefully they don't find them hopefully it's a wake-up call to not be so fucking stupid i hope that's the wake-up call but if they don't get caught it might turn into turn into some shit where you know these motherfuckers think they teflon you know what i'm saying and then next thing you know uh chick-fil-a drops some spicy nuggets or something like that and then all of a sudden they up there trying to strong arm robber rob somebody for some spicy nuggets up at chick-fil-a you know what i'm saying so but there was like so, sort of like a class division so to speak uh with black americans um excuse me a little heartburn still going on indigestion but uh you know i there were so-called uppity blacks so-called blacks who have um you know decent paying jobs you know you know that that group that you know makes you know you know forty thousand dollars and up you know they you know they they love to get on a high horse you know niggas who you know one paycheck away from fucking uh you know getting some food stamps they love to be, they just love to post those fucking popeyes chicken memes talking about y'all hope you stand in line to vote in november like like you were standing in line for that popeyes chicken sandwich you know like fucking <laughs> like gerrymandering don't exist you know how hard it is to vote you know what i'm saying and they just make it just sound so damn easy so damn easy like y'all standing in line for them popeye's chicken sandwiches but you ain't getting my melanin magic t-shirts you you won't do that you won't support your own people and and there's black popeye's franchise owners there are out there i just i just hate seeing folks who i personally know who I, I know you personally out here posting these memes and you are literally not even a paycheck, half a paycheck away from, you know, getting some food stamps, getting some section aid. You know what I'm saying? And these are people who've borrowed, who's borrowed money from me out here posting these memes. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, how are you shaming folks who want to try something new? You know what I'm saying? There's some hype around it. I want to go try it. Okay, there's a lot of people in line. Oh, it must be really good. So let me go try it out. And here, and some of these folks who post that, oh, you can stand in line for a chicken sandwich. You better stand in line to vote in November. Some of these folks don't even vote. Did you go vote? Nah, I ain't feel like getting out the bed, my nigga. You know, I'll sleep. <laughs> you know, it's just like, like, stop faking the funk. You know what I'm saying? I just be want to put people on blast. So goddamn tough. But you just have to let some of them people cook because I believe in karma and I'm just like, I don't want to just air somebody's shit out. But we have to stop doing that. We have to stop doing that. Now, there was some um, some uh, reasonable criticisms like when it came out, when it was talking about how Popeye's got about 23, 24 million dollars worth of free ad advertising from the word of mouth and how people made it go viral on uh, social media you know that's what made it sell out was black folks you know making these memes and just you know just being funny you know that's what black twitter does black twitter is just twitter right just black folks on twitter will make a will make a trending topic just pop off and it was a good time it was a good time on twitter it was fucking good like right now there's a meme flying around a spongebob i think he's about to get off the get off a chair with a remote and it's like all right i'm out you know what i'm saying and i right, i'm out you know what i'm saying like i'm about to get up and leave and there's all kind of funny memes and black folks are just making all these funny ass memes and that's popping off all over social media and they're just fucking funny as shit right and so we make stuff pop off 
and so there has been some criticism about you know we should really you know start pushing our own brands the way that we you know give all this free advertisement to these established brands and i and i i wholeheartedly wholeheartedly agree with that but it has to be a quality product it really has to be a high quality product but it's just amazing what re what we really can do with an internet connection you know what i'm saying and some creativity we're some of the most creative people on the planet so i do love seeing that i, I do love seeing people just come up with creative ways and just funny videos you know about the popeye's chicken sandwich but man i saw this sister and I think the brother uh, Tariq Nashi uh, posted it on his Instagram or his Twitter. This woman went to go get the chicken sandwich. And I think it was a brother who stopped her. This woman came in there. She had on a thong, whole body painted, had the Popeye's logo on her titty. She was she had it painted on. And uh, he was like, it's kids in there. You know, we, you know, go and get your sandwich and get on. You know, that's just doing too fucking much. It's doing too much. I seen a nigga make a rap video about it. That was funny, but the the lady being there with her titties out, body painted, you know, to go get a chicken sandwich, a fried chicken breast on some bread with some spicy mayo and some pickles. Like y'all gotta stop. Like that's doing too much. Like that's almost doing as as much as the the robbery shit, taking your kid to a robbery. You know what I'm saying? um i we really do need to start getting behind each other um collectively online to start promoting products and things of that sort but we saw that happen with uh black panther like how huge black panther was like everybody everybody from blavity black to regular black folk twitter you know all came together it was like yo this is a dope ass movie you know what i'm saying most black folks related to the the, the so-called villain killmonger even though he really wasn't a villain he was just like yo this was a nigga that was in the struggle it was like y'all motherfuckers over here living good and got this advanced weaponry and you up here just watching us suffer globally and y'all just sitting in this bubble with all this goddamn technology and just chilling and you couldn't help none of your people. And so T'Challa was like, the Black Panther was like, you know what? I'm gonna go to Watts and build a, a STEM center. Like, nigga, you have vibranium. <laughs> like, that was you at the end. You was just like, you know what? I'm gonna put up a STEM center for these little niggas. And it's like, what? And then you go to the UN and you open it up to the world. Like, help your people first. Like, this is you think that, I'm like, get your Barack Obama ass the fuck on up out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways uh like i said the the products have to be high quality for us to support it uh we do come to come together to support our own um and it's just a good time you know i i hate that so many folks try to use um you know social media to gather the troops to do like some cancel culture on another brother or sister or something like that that's just uh, I, I hate cancel culture I, I really do I really do it's just because uh, a lot of times I just feel like it's just folks just hating you know what I'm saying and they're just like oh I think I can get a job here and blah 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 you know what I'm saying trying to do what you can to keep the lights on and you know make a name for yourself but I think I've been ranting a little too long and I'm gonna introduce a new sound effect to the end of hold this l so y'all bear witness for the inaugural sound bite of the end of hold this l get your man you win perfect all right so moving on to not all heroes wear capes it's pretty obvious who we got to give it to uh we have to give it to keith sweat uh that brother sat up in this city uh since the early afternoon and did and waited on his money tried to be as patient as he could and close to midnight he went up on stage and he gave y'all a medley of hits now if it was me i would have just left i would have i would have came out made that announcement like yo ain't nobody paid me i'm gonna get the fuck on up out the door you know what i'm saying that's why you gotta get your money half up front and then get the other half once you show up you know what i'm saying once you show up to the venue or you touch down in the city i don't know what kind of agreement that brother had but i think i alluded to this 
previously probably what happened is they were trying to bank on pre-sale tickets and then the day of you know a lot of folks here you know they've been burned before so they always get their tickets the day of and you know they couldn't really flip that money too quick you know what i'm saying get that cash out or write up a check or something and you know that's what happened but that brother was a good sport that brother was a good sport because if i was him i would have been yanking cords up out the out the speakers you know i would have been cutting off some lights and all kind of shit but i guess that brother wanted to make it last forever all right uh so keith uh hopefully you got your money uh, i guess i'll check up on you on social media and uh you know if you got a cash app you know us and the great folks of black omaha we'll throw you a couple dollars and you know just tell you thank you for putting up with our omaha bullshit <laughs> that omaha bullshit we on it <laughs> All right, so moving on to the last portion of the show, health over wealth. You know what I say, without your health, you cannot enjoy your wealth. So uh, this quote comes from that brother, Les Brown. If you don't know who he is, great motivational speaker, used to be a politician, used to be a radio DJ, um, real good brother, very positive, uplifting. If if y'all got time, listen to a lot of his speeches on uh, YouTube. Uh, he has a youtube channel and uh the brother is just brilliant you know he he mixes a little bit of comedy in with his uh you know with his speeches and things of that sort and uh people always ask me you know why do i listen to lectures and why do i listen to positive upliftments like why wouldn't you you know what i'm saying if you have a job like mine you know or you know where i'm on the road all day or if you got a job where you're at a desk and you can listen to music so say like you just crunch numbers all day you know you're like you're an accountant or you work in hr and you just process claims or something to that extent you can listen to music listen to some motivational speeches right because that man that'll put a battery in your back boy you be at work like okay i'm gonna do this this and this you get that done you like when i get home i'm gonna do this this and this and it's really been helping me um stay on stay on course or par you know what i'm saying um just really uh sticking to my guns and doing what i need to do to achieve my goals and dreams you know what which with uh, with what i have you know what i'm saying so um this quote comes from les brown and it says this when life knocks you down try to land on your back because if you can look up you can get up i'm gonna say that one more time when life knocks you down try to land on your back because if you can look up you can get up and that's some of the realest shit ever 2018 was a tough year for me i lost a bunch of people um 2019 it started looking looking up um we're almost we're almost in 2020 it's already september so happy september to everybody out there so we got what three months left october november december and um so we're creeping up on 2020 if you still haven't reached your goals yet um you know just look back to where you failed at you know um maybe it could be a situation where you just got sidetracked it could be a situation where you let somebody sidetrack you you know you told somebody your goals and ambitions for the year and you told them too early you know what i'm saying before you actually started producing results but uh every day is a new day we don't have to wait until january 1st you know december 31st you know to make that new year's resolution of what you're going to do for 2020 you can make a vision board tomorrow you know what i'm saying your season doesn't have to start on january and end on december 31st you know it could start on september 6th and go through you know september 5th of the next year you know what i'm saying so your season you know doesn't have to start when everybody else does it you know because your vision is yours it ain't you know the lord the universe whatever you believe in did not give that vision to anybody but you and you don't want to go to the grave with regret that's the one thing that i worry about a lot you know so that's one of the reasons i started this podcast i always wanted to be like a radio disc jockey you know just kind of be positive and uplifting to young men out there uh, because i had a lot of positive and uplifting men in my 
life growing up, you know, in sports and just on the block. Even though some of those guys were drug dealers and gang bangers, you know, they always told me to stay about the life. And, you know, they always gave me some positive words. You know what I'm saying? You know, when most people was being made a fun of, you know, for doing square shit. You know what I'm saying? I had people around me wishing they were doing some square shit and wasn't in the life. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I kind of created this. That's why it's not even kind of this. Why I created the podcast because of the battery that was put in my back by OGs on the block. You know what I'm saying? In the areas that I grew up, you know, in the, around the Plum Nelly area. So um, that's that's one thing, big thing I can check off. And there's some other things that I'm working on and working towards, you know, just, you know, have that vision in your mind. But then you have to write it down Once you start writing it down And then the action steps that you need to take That's when shit becomes real Once you start writing down action steps And then keep a little notebook with you um, Or keep it uh, the notebook somewhere Where you will see it daily To remind yourself Like yo I need to be doing this This and this You know what I'm saying One step at a time I just need to do this today Tomorrow I'll do this and this and then the next day I'll do this, this and that, you know what I'm saying? So it just, you know, man, it's just one of them inch by inch things. You know what I'm saying? Don't look at the whole big picture, you know, break it down into small steps and you keep on building on those steps. And then next thing you know, you done built the whole stairway leading up to your goal and your dream and you didn't reach that motherfucker. So um, that's been episode 162 of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. And like I said, I'm going to work on giving y'all like some mini podcasts. Y'all remember I used to have that um, one mini uh, podcast uh, hosting site, but that whole company folded under and shit like that. So I'm going to get back to that and give y'all some little, you know, podcast. You know, it might be about 10, 15 minutes, be some little bit of some motivation, or, you know, it could be talking about a story that's going on in the news um, to just kind of branch y'all, you know, to get y'all ready for the next episode. And like I said, September, we'll have some more, we'll have some guests on, and uh, it'll be a good time. All right. So as always, I love y'all. And I will see y'all next week. One.